Good morning. Good to see everybody this morning. First Sunday of 2018. Here we go. Yeah. Starting this off with applause. This is going to be great. Love it. You're easy to please. My message this morning is titled Focus for 2018. If you want, you can turn to Romans chapter 1. This is the passage I feel the Lord brought forward to me. There's times I like to share just how the Lord brought a message to me as it helps uh, just bring the context together. I love it when God does this. The longer I'm in ministry, there's those moments where you can really, you can just tell right when the Lord speaks to you in the context in which it's for. And Pastor Niles being under the weather this week, there was a moment we said, you know, are we going to maybe need to kind of rearrange some things to be able to help him heal up? And we said, well, let's just see how it gets and go from there and... And uh, the next morning, while I was at FCA in Humboldt, the Lord gave me the word, just like that. And I text Pastor Niles, I said, hey, for what it's worth, the Lord gave me something. If you'd like me to do it another time, we can roll another time. But we said, you know what, let's go ahead and let him continue to heal up, and I'll preach today. So um, that's how the Lord works. It's just fun. I love being a part of that process. That's just exciting for me. And so I'm excited to bring this word to you this morning. But before we do, I just ask that we take a moment to pray together and, and just uh, really settle our hearts in for what it is he has for us this morning. So Father, we thank you so much for this time to just get together as a, as a congregation, as a body, and, and be able to dig into your word and hear from, from you. This is God's word, and we thank you, Lord, that you can speak to us. And when we pray that our hearts would dial in and be sensitive to your Holy Spirit and sensitive to what it is that you have to say to us. Lord, I pray that your words would flow through me and, uh, God, that I'd be an open vessel for what it is you want to say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this is in Romans chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 17. And uh, the first portion is just kind of his intro, kind of introducing himself to the church in Rome. And one thing I want to point out to you is that this letter that Paul is writing, this, this letter called Romans, is to the church in Rome. So these are believers that Paul is writing to. That's going to be big towards the end of my message. I want you to remember that. Okay, and so he begins with this intro, and then a lot of what I'm going to be breaking down is verses 8 through 17. Okay, so let's just go ahead and get right into this. In verse 1, it says, This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news, the gospel. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown how to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his holy people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. 
Now let me first say that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith in Him is being talked about all over the world. Now God knows how often I pray for you. And day and night I bring you and your needs in prayer to God whom I serve with all my heart by spreading the good news about His Son. Now one of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. And when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to visit you, but I was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit, just as I have seen among other Gentiles. For I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and the uneducated alike. So I am eager to come to you in Rome, too, to preach the good news. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. And this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. So that's the passage today. There's a lot there, and it's my hope as we break this down from about verses 18 to 17. Some of this will almost be verse by verse, but I think there's some things in this passage that will help us to bring a greater focus into what God would want to do with our lives and also with Faith Community Church as a body for 2018. And I think if we can really dial in on this and really focus in on these things, the impact will go far beyond 2018. But to saying with this kind of a, a reset or a restart, the, the new year has a way of doing that. People make resolutions or they make, you know, I think I need to be doing this more or doing this less. Or those are types of things that happen around the new year. And, and so in some ways there's a little bit of that to this message and saying let's refocus on the things that God would have for us. So the first thing is in verse 8. And, and I'll call this our witness, our testimony, our witness to people. In verse 8, Paul says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Why? Because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. I mean, what a neat thing to hear in a letter. You know, you are being talked about. Your faith is being talked about. And so when I, I look at that and I draw this out and saying we focus in on something for 2018 is saying, what is my witness to the people around me? And we start this with the personal level. What is your own witness to the community, to your coworkers, to your family? I mean, if, if you were to, to leave the room and I was still with them and I say, hey, what do you think about Dan Stickrod? Talk to me about Dan. And they didn't know I was your pastor, Dan. What do you think about Dan Stickrod? What are some of the comments that these people would say? What is our witness in the environment that we're placed in? I think it's so important to say, you know what, there, there's things that we, we shouldn't necessarily do things so that people will talk about us. 
And I don't want to say that. I'm saying we should do things because it's what God would want us to do. And we leave that other aspect up to God. But there's natural things that flow from somebody who's doing what the Lord would want them to do. People should be drawn to you and what God is doing in your life. I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus is attractive. He draws people in by the message of the gospel. Now, some people, I realize, maybe can be sort of turned off by that. But ultimately, this message of hope, the Bible calls it good news. And so people should be drawn to that. And so our witness should emphasize that good news, not take away from it. So what is our witness in the environments that we're all in? And then the other thing is, is I, and thinking about this more on a corporate level and saying a faith community church, you know, what, are, what do people in the community say about our church? You know, the, those people, they're just so genuine and they're loving and, and they're excited about the Lord. We hope that that's what people are saying. But I think we just need to focus on and saying, you know, I need to be a bold witness for Christ. And I need to focus in on that. And so what, what are some of these things that I can do that would, would help to bring that forward? And I think some of the other points here in this message will just naturally highlight that. So the next verse is verse 9. And I want to focus in on prayer. Paul draws this out. He says, God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night, day and night, I bring, I bring you, you and your needs in prayer to God. And when I was looking at that, and I just felt like the Lord brought this up for me to, to bring with this message, but it, it, it's saying, uh, what is our prayer life like? Now, is this something that is active in our own life? And uh, in, in my own devotional life, I feel like this last week especially... God has been drawing out for, for Russell Weller, personally, that I need to be in prayer more. And he's been using some really interesting passages to highlight that for me. Moments in scripture when, when somebody was up against something and they cried out to God and God intervened and changed the situation. And prayer changes things. And if we really believe that prayer changes things, then we ought to be people who are praying more. And to take that to a corporate level and saying in, in, in faith community church as a corporate body, uh, all last month, Pastor Niles several times would come into my office and just say, I, I just feel like God's telling me we need to be praying more as a corporate body. And so what does that look like? I think those are things that we need to navigate and say, can we meet more often as a church body to be praying together? If we believe that prayer really changes things, then are we a body that prays often together? These are things I, I believe God wants us to focus in on as we move ahead. In verse 12, I believe Paul draws out a piece here of fellowship, meeting with each other. Key words, when we get together, right? This desire to be with one another. And he says, and when we get together, he says, I want to be encouraged by your faith. And if we flip that, I want you to be encouraged by mine. And when I was looking at that verse this week, I thought, you know, am I somebody that people get encouraged 
by just hanging, hanging around me. I mean, I, I want to be that. And, and I, I think that should be our desire. Are we somebody that when we walk into a situation and we're hanging out with people, are people encouraged by you being in the room? I think that's a real honest question to look in our own life and say, do people get encouraged by my faith? And if they're not being encouraged, then what is it about me that, that I need to look at that's holding some of these things back? Is it my attitude? Is it something that I'm not looking at close enough that's hindering that, that fellowship that God desires for us to have? Do you get encouraged when you come to church here at Faith? That's my hope as a pastor of, uh, of this church is that you are encouraged when you come to Faith. But I think we need to look at these things and say, is fellowship a key component of what's taking place in the life of our congregation? Getting together, growing together as we meet with one another, encouraging each other. In verse 13, Paul says that he, he wants to work among them. And so I think as a congregation, it's finding opportunities to serve together. Finding ways in your own life where you can serve people around you. Service. And I think, too, this verse highlights that it's not just serving to to just say, well, I did this today. It, there's a purpose behind it. He says, I'm, I'm eager. I want to work among you. Why? And, and to see spiritual fruit. So it's service with a purpose. Saying when we get together and we do something, we want to accomplish something for the kingdom. And so what are ways that maybe God might be leading you to say, I, I, maybe I should step up and start serving in this area. And allow the Holy Spirit to to show you those avenues and those areas that you could step into. The next one here in verse 14. Paul says, I have a great sense of obligation to people. I have a great sense of obligation to people. And I, I use the word duty. You know, do you, do you have that sense in your spirit? I'm obligated to people. I mean, we don't think about that very often, do we? I'm obligated to people who don't yet know Christ. We have an obligation to bring them the truth of the gospel. We're obligated. Scripture tells us. That's a hard verse maybe to swallow sometimes. It's really easy to just say, I'm not comfortable with that, so I'm not going to do it. But if Scripture says we're obligated with people, it means we've got to walk through that door sometimes. And ask the Lord to help us how to navigate this. Pastor Niles' opening passage out of Romans 13 says, Let no debt remain outstanding except for this one right here. And that's the continuing debt to love each other. So we do have a sense of obligation and duty to people. Those who know the truth in Christ are debtors to everyone who does not. Paul highlights some of this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm just going to read a couple verses from 19 to 23. In 19, Paul uses language like this. I've become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. That's why we're obligated to people, is to bring them truth. Paul says, I'm a slave to bring people to Christ. Verse 22, I try to find common ground 
with everyone. Another way, another translation is I become all things to all people. Why? So that I can win some. I do everything I can to save some. And in verse 23, he says, I do everything. He kind of summarizes that passage. He says, I, I do all of this. Why? To spread the good news. We have to have a sense of duty. If that sense is not there, then the, the mission will start to drift. So we have to have that sense of duty. In our own lives and even as a church, together, collectively, we have a duty. We're obligated to bring the message of Jesus Christ to people who don't yet know him. Now, if you remember at the beginning of my message, I had said that uh, hold on to the piece that Paul is writing to the believers in Rome. To hold on to that, okay? So in verse 15, I want to highlight this aspect here. And, and I'll call this the catalyst. But Paul says, I am eager to come to you in Rome to preach the good news. And the ESV says, I am eager to preach the gospel to you. And you can fly right through this, but if you stop for a second and think about this, these are people who most of them are already saved. And he's saying, I want to come to you and preach the gospel to you. And a lot of things can come from that. Number one is that it's important for us to understand really what the gospel is so that we can accomplish the duty that God's called us to but the other piece in that is that the gospel not only calls people to a saving faith, a saving relationship with Jesus, the gospel calls people to continue in their daily walk with Christ. The gospel calls people to do these things. The gospel, always remembering the gospel, always teaching the gospel, always preaching the gospel, always meditating on the gospel. And what Christ has done for us will lead us in a deeper witness. It'll lead us in a deeper sense of prayer and our prayer life. And it will lead us to a deeper fellowship with those who are around us and a deeper service and a deeper duty. It's the gospel. You, you put the gospel in all of those things and it just comes to life. Sadly, there are churches that try to accomplish these things, but they're missing that one piece, the catalyst, the gospel. And so because they don't have that coming from their pulpit, they don't have that coming from their teachers, they don't have that coming from their own mouth to the people they interact with day in and day out in their workplace and in their environments. And what happens is, is you have a church that begins to, to fade. The witness is gone, prayer starts to fade, fellowship, their service together, there's no sense of duty, and it becomes a cold church because you've lifted the gospel from that place. So understanding that that's the piece that makes everything explode, if you will, is that we got to be a church at faith community and church everybody that is a follower of Christ to make sure that the gospel is at the forefront of everything that we do. 
It's the catalyst that makes life have life. The thing is, is sometimes we can shrink back from the gospel. It's things in our life may be crowded out or maybe there's fear of how living like that may actually look with the relationships that I have around me and the things that I'm settled into in my own comfort zone and things like that. But I think Paul does a great job of answering that fear in verse 16 by saying, I'm not ashamed of this gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God. What's this power of God do? It saves people. They realize, I'm a sinner, I need Jesus. They respond to that, and it brings them new life. And verse 17 goes on to say, it tells us how to make, how to, how to be right in the sight of God. This good news, that gospel, that word gospel in the Greek, it's, it's one word, and it's, it's euangelion. But if you split that word up, angelia means message and u means good. So this gospel is good news. That's why you see it written that way in translations. This is good news that God can make people right in his sight through faith in Jesus Christ. He draws that out in verse 17. From start to finish, this is accomplished by faith. And so by that statement, start to finish tells me that the gospel is necessary for a saving relationship, but a gospel is necessary for the growth of the church. From start to finish means that at the start of 2017 and where I finished at the end of 2017, I should be farther along in my faith than I was at the beginning of the year. My relationship with God should be as vibrant as ever, today than it was even a year ago. The gospel is what brings that by faith from start to finish. I hope we can all make a commitment to say that at the end of 2018 I have grown so much in my faith than where I was at the beginning of 2018. Will you make that commitment? It takes work. We have to be people that are committed to witnessing and, and prayer and, and fellowship together and, and serving together and that duty of doing what it is that God has called us to do. I have two ways I want to close my message as far as a response goes. And the first is this, is let's grow together as followers of Christ as we focus in on the gospel for 2018. That's the response today for a follower of Christ in this room. Focus in on these things. Ultimately, letting the gospel be the driving force. And the other aspect of this, the other response is, it's important to recognize that as the gospel is important for the church, it's vital for those who don't yet know him. And so if you're listening to me right now, and you're thinking, I don't have that relationship with Christ. 
I've not responded yet to the gospel. Then I'm going to lay that out for you, and I'm going to invite you to respond to that. The gospel tells us that God's created you for a relationship. It's what you're designed for. Unfortunately, with humanity, there's an issue, and it's sin. And sin separates us from a holy, perfect God. And he brought an answer to that sin issue that does separate us from God, and that answer is Jesus Christ. And Jesus, who is holy and perfect, came to this earth to pay the price and the penalty for that sin. The price tag on that was his life. And he went to the cross, and he paid for our sin through his shed blood on the cross. Gave his life. And the Bible tells us that he rose from the dead in the power of the Holy Spirit. We read that at the beginning of Romans 1. And he is the Messiah. Victory belongs to him. Victory over sin. Victory over death. Victory that you can have not only with your eternal life, but victory you can have in your life right now. And so because of what God has done, you have a choice. You can respond to that gospel message and by faith receive him into your life to be your Lord and Savior. Or you can choose to continue in your own direction. But that is the peace in your life that will change everything. If you allow God to begin to work, he will. So would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Father, we, we come before you in, in response to the gospel. And for those that are listening that are followers of Christ, I pray that that gospel message would cause us to have a greater sense of of focus what it is you want to do in our life what it is that you want to do with our life and for those listening that as I explained what the gospel is and as you heard that you're drawn into that and you say I, I want to respond to that gospel message and receive this saving faith that the scriptures talk about. Then pray with me in your heart right now a response to that gospel message. Just simply say, Jesus, today I respond to you by faith. Recognizing that, that you came to pay the price for my sin. I come to you and ask that you would forgive me of my sin. And I pray that you would come into my life and make me a new person, changing my life from the old to the new. And I pray with this transformation and this new heart that you've just given me. You would give me the desire 
and the wisdom to walk in your ways from this day forward. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In this moment, with every head bowed and eye closed, I just simply want to ask, if you just prayed that prayer of faith to respond to the gospel message, would you simply just lift your hand this morning and just affirm with me that you prayed that? Thank you. Several hands. Thank you. Any others? Praise the Lord. Anyone else? You responded by faith today to the gospel. Father, we give you praise and all glory for what you are doing. I pray, Father, that the response of everybody that's listening today, you would make that response real. And Lord, you would make that response something that would greatly impact not only their life, but the kingdom of God. And we thank you now in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.